Everything will be nice. If and we can bad. sound like everything has been drained out of our bodies, like through a tube, like that would be fantastic. I like, already sound feelings. that way. <laughs> I already sound that way. Let's do okay, it. Um, it's okay. I'll bring enough wanna... energy for both of us. <sighs> do you want to listen to the intro music? Yeah. Everybody, I'm Pax. And I'm Hal. And this is Brotakus, the show with hot questions and even hotter wings. Ah. <laughs> and this is Brotakus, the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't have to get a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, strange art form. And we are lucky to have you on this journey with us. Hal, how are you doing this fine day? You know, honestly, Pax, like things are really starting to turn around. Uh, We haven't been together in a few weeks and, you know, Mm -hmm. life has kind of had that way of like walking through like the Minotaur's labyrinth with like this hot, heavy beast of COVID-19, like huffing its way down the the maze that it knows, (laughs) but you don't. And (laughs) you like every time you turn a corner, you're like, this is a door. And then it's a wall. And then that Minotaur gets a little closer and you're just like, ah. And that's you kind of the what same way is. if you see the like 4,000 pound Minotaur as you would if you see like one person unmasked in the Aldi's you're shopping for like uh, apples at. Right. You know, it's right. just the same anxiety destroying your body. Yes. But you say it's turning around. What's happening? <laughs> what uh, happened well, you know, th- just the fact that uh, just the fact that I get to see your lovely face today is, is <laughs> just like such a great turnaround for me. Oh, and, that's uh, nice. I love <laughs> you too. <laughs> and we get to talk about uh, one of our favorite shows that we've watched so far. And yeah, um, yeah that's going to be pretty hyped. Not going to lie. Sh- should we give our listenership a peek behind the curtain of mm, the story yeah, of, uh, yeah, what, what, yeah. Of, of this episode and how we got here? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so guys, originally when Brotakus was, was conceived, when it was created, we had this idea, we had this brainstorming session of like, Hey, what do we want to talk about? We're this fun, hip new duo talking on a podcast and doing this thing. And, and we were talking about like, what are our favorite animes we could watch, but Scooby-Doo wasn't available on Netflix. So it is now though. Fun it fact, is? Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is on Netflix. I've yet to see if any of the others on, but like that's the best one. I want, so do I, like I need those more? ones with like the, the hot goth. Um, the hex girls. I'm a hex Yes. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. God. Every one of those movies. So fire. But so um, we, we did land on a, on a different spooky thing, right, Hal? Yeah, we did. And uh, that spooky thing is like, if you're not a ghost fan, if you're not a werewolf, fine. Hey, that's fine because uh, we're not here for that. We're talking about some uh, vampires today. Yes, yes. And so our first episode ever. Uh, if if uh, let's see. So uh, Miriam Webster's uh, library of, of dictionary words um, defines anime as a hand-drawn and computer animation uh, style originating from Japan. And so we said, let's see, in terms of anime, what if our first episode was about an American animation yeah. called Castlevania and a BBC live-action series called Dracula? So we did this thing where we established something for our fan base, and then we completely took a fucking left turn. Like, you want to like, anime? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> From Taku's anime club got you. You got fucking pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So but our first episode was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was a great time, but it was definitely like one of those things where um 
it was, it was kind of like, like uh, when I was on the swim team in high school and like I get up on the block, I've got my cap on, I've got my goggles and I do a star, I hit the water and I start like doing the butterfly and then I look and everyone around me is doing the breaststroke. Mm. That's kind of what it felt like for me being very, very new to this whole thing and just being like, let's just wing it and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we were different people. Um, like, uh, my voice hadn't dropped yet. We were uh, recording on two cans of Bush's baked beans. We had strung up uh, f- between Buffalo and uh, Corn. Or, uh, I guess, should I say where you are? Let's just say down south in New York. Oh, yeah. Downstate New York. <laughs> Nowhere too particular, but a vague area. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it simply uh, wasn't to our... I, I, I guess it wasn't the, 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 the perfect note we wanted to start out on, right? It wasn't like, damn, this is like ready for prime time. We were still getting our footing ready. We were talking about Castlevania. We were talking about the Dracula series, but like, it, it just wasn't quite, we, we hadn't become Hal and Pax yet, the world renowned anime duo. Right. And I didn't get my cool beloved. costume for my Hal cosplay. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do do these in full costume. And when we do video someday, you'll appreciate that. I'm wearing my sexy Hagrid Halloween costume right now. So, uh, Listeners, he doesn't need to get out. a fake beard, though. He has a beard, too. So, I do. so, so listeners, watch out for the Brotaku's OnlyFans coming out in November. Uh, we're going to hit you with that content. If you got your singles, line them up. <laughs> oh, my God. So this week, we are doing a little redux. We are paying homage to our roots, the roots that you will never, ever hear. Unless we <laughs> do like a Patreon someday and we drop it as like, here's our... Here is our greatest shame. <laughs> yeah, basically like a director's cut, like the Lord of the Rings extended cut, except it won't be an extra three hours and I won't break my foot on an orc helmet. Right, absolutely. So uh, let us dive into uh, what the fuck we are talking about. What are we talking about? <laughs> Just to refresh you, we're talking about Castlevania. Da-na-na-na. Castlevania, motherfucker. The OG vamp-slaying, castle-exploring video game turned anime that will rock your fucking socks off. In honor of Castlevania and our Castlevania Redux, we are going to kind of talk about the history of Castlevania, uh, the the game itself, the, the series of games, and then kind of dive into the uh, actual show, which is it good? Is it bad? You'll have to keep listening to find out. Um, so the history of Castlevania is um i i I guess uh to start out have you ever played a castlevania game i haven't i've watched gameplay because that's one of my little guilty pleasures which is just Mm. like oh i'd love to play this game but i don't want to spend any money or time so i'll just watch somebody else play this Uh, game and live vicariously through them and so i've watched gameplay of castlevania since we watched the the series and and it struck me as one of the like iconic side scrollers that sort of set the field for multiple for games to come yeah for sure for sure and like the the genre that it is a part of is colloquially referred to as the metroidvania which is like a portmanteau of metroid and castlevania and so metroidvanias are um usually consisting of side scrolling action with expansive maps and many rooms that are explorable with different power-ups bosses etc so so something where like there might be one big hub world or in like the example of Castlevania, like you've entered Dracula's mansion and there are some doors that are only locked when you pick up the soupy doopy flappy whip from the eye guy in room 
305B. <laughs> and uh, once you get the super duper, fl- duper flappy whip, you can open the door. And then behind that, maybe there's like another door and another, you know, secret entrance that you'll need another power up for. But it's these, um, I guess it's almost like a, an origami type thing where, where you, the game's map sits in the palm of your hand and then it slowly expands as it unfolds and there's more and more and more and more. And it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. So what Castlevania itself is about is it's a series of games about vampire hunting. So it's often following the Belmont family, who are a legendary series of vampire hunters in their quest to just kill the fuck out of Dracula. And then in later games to kill Dracula again. And then I think to kill like Dracula's like cousin, um, Bloody Charles. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, just... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it is a full series. And um so most people would agree that like the last um, true-blooded Castlevania game in its like Metroidvania style is like 2008's um, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, which is like another mm. typical Metroidvania game. There was one in 2010, 2013, and 2014. Those are the Castlevania Lords of Shadows series, which are more like um, Devil May Cry third-person beat-em-ups that are not really in like the spirit of it. And okay. it really surprises me that like with the massively popular Castlevania series that there still are not new Castlevania games coming out. And like my best guess is that Konami, who is the the publisher for Castlevania, is just generally like a, a clusterfuck of just like weird corporate decisions. Um, they also produce uh, uh, Resident Evil and uh, Bomberman, uh, which is funny because Frogger and <laughs> as well. Like a lot of old yeah. classics are on their name too. Uh, like Resident Evil, I think is actually a huge example of like another Metroidvania because like yeah, basically I don't know if you've ever played any of those, but they're it's like a all third person much one, but it definitely has its yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Like you you run around, you try not to get eaten slash killed slash deaded, and then you uh you like have to look for a certain key for this room, and then like you get to this room while somebody's chasing you, and you're like fuck you door open up, and then it doesn't because you don't have the key, and then later you're like ha fuck you door as you insert the key and you yeah. still die, but it's it's good. Absolutely. In recent Resident Evil games, <laughs> fire. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I, I burped. That was a little fire. I think the last introduction of any sort of Castlevania franchise that I've seen was um, a Super Smash Bros. expansion pack involving um, Simon and Rector Belmont, um, who are both mm. playable characters within the uh, within the game. And it started with this this uh, like ad of Luigi running for his life in what you assume is to be like the iconic Luigi's Haunted Mansion uh, <gasps> Luigi's Mansion game and oh, he's really? running for his life and you're like oh something's chasing him like this is Luigi's Mansion and then the Grim Reaper comes out and slashes his soul from his body oh that's fucking sick <laughs> right but like and then you know Simon shows up and saves him but like you have this moment of did Luigi just fucking die and like fans were horrified they they like multiple people reached out to them and they were like did luigi just die and they were just like no everyone like luigi's okay you can put down your phones and your pitchforks like just chill imagine being the guy who's who's it's your first day on the job and your first job is to write the luigi's not dead press release (laughs) (laughs) so anyway now that that clusterfuck of a history is done and i I will cobble that together post um the actual production history of the castlevania anime the animu so uh the the very brilliant uh gentleman the showrunner warren ellis he started in on the idea in like 2008 for a castlevania movie after he was hired to write it and so um it was first meant to be like an animated thing and then became like a live action movie and then it was thrown into development hell thrown into development hell and so 
man, this was a period in kind of like um, Hollywood production where a ton of things are being canceled and shoved and like writing contracts renegotiated. And um, there are just so, 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 so many projects that are just kind of like um, stuck in production hell even now from then. But he eventually got the uh, series through with um, fucking Frederator Studios, the creators of the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, right? That's a, that's a crossover I want, man. I want to see Trevor Belmont slaying just, the just demonic killing fa- fairies. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what was the name of Muscle Fairy, the Arnold Schwarzenegger? Fairy? Uh, uh, Jorgen von Strangle. Von Strangle, Jorgen von Strangle. Dude, I want to see. I want to see Crocker uh, <laughs> with like. <laughs> A flaming whip and a holy blade, like cutting down fairy godparents. <laughs> holy shit, Crocker Belmont is fucking canon now. Um, so, uh, Frederator Studios then collabed with like a whole bunch of bad bitches to make it pop off. Just kind of like a, a ton of studios are involved in the new Castlevania adaptation. And it began on Netflix with kind of a four episode season one proof of concept, which covered what would have been the first part of what Warren Ellis kind of like envisioned as a trilogy. And then they got re-upped because people really liked the first season. And right. there were eight episodes in season two. And now there's ten episodes in season three. Each gold will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons. Speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Hello, everybody. The motherfucking bro tacos are back. And we are joined by uh, Mr. Jeffrey Kringer. Jeffrey Kringer is an amazing actor, dancer, singer, and he's smart as hell, too. He was the lead in Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, the first national tour. You could have found him in About Love is Peter. And he is currently working on Super You, the musical, which is going to come out soon in some form. And it's cool as hell. You could look that up at superyoumusical.com. You could find Jeffrey at Instagram.com slash Jeffrey Kringer. Jeffrey, how the fuck are you doing, sir? Very good, Mr. James. This is my best Transylvanian accent. Very good, brother. Very good. No, that is fine. Have you seen uh, Castlevania? Have you seen the show we're talking about today? (laughs) I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I'm definitely going to be excited enough to to give it a shot myself after listening. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big vampire fan, dude. So to j- give just some brief context before we hop into this, uh, we're bringing Jeffrey on because Jeff is actually our first podcast guest that we ever had. You may not know this, beloved listeners. Number one, number one. Uh, because Jeffrey is uh, like one of our freaking best friends, favorite people. And he came on board to do a Princess Mononoke episode with us that uh, may or may not come out because it was before we had the whole kind of like structure set. But the first episode we ever recorded was That's a how Castlevania much Dracula I'm, I'm their episode. guinea pig friend. So the person that we trust enough to be our guinea pig and to not judge a kind of horrendous presentation. (laughs) So now that we've gotten it figured out and we're the number one, uh, we're the number one anime podcast on every platform. uh, The only good one. uh, (laughs) I'm going to get angry emails. Um, We, uh, since, since we made this uh, game initially and Hal had done it uh, previously, I think that Hal's memory is, uh, unlike mine, good, and his brain is not filled with worms, so he would probably remember the answers. So we have brought on Mr. Kringer to uh, kind of guess uh, uh, this game as we come into our game for today. Is this true blood or is it fake blood? 
<laughs> and so, uh, Mr. Kringer, we have uh, created four, uh, oh, you know, uh, four real and four fake uh, vampiric shows. And so, I'm going to give you uh, the, the the kind of vibe of each one, and you're going to tell me if okay, it's so real or fake. Sounds good. These are strictly TV shows, or are you including some uh, like movies, like miniseries kind of deal, sitcoms? It, 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 uh, it's it's the latter. It's okay. the latter. It is there are okay. there are mini series, there are series, there okay. are movies. But as we know, uh, vampires were pretty fucking hot for a while, and so uh, this game might be a little harder than you might think. Great. Okay. Are you I'm, ready, Jeff? I'm ready. Let's let's give her a go. All right. Is this real? Or fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is this true? Cut! 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 Okay. Is this true blood or is it fake blood? Number one, the vampire valet. A young man named Draven who works as a high society valet is one day accosted by wealthy vampiric socialite who leaves him for dead. Draven is saved by his boss who arrives back unexpectedly to get his forgotten phone and survives to become a vampire himself. Hellbent on revenge, the vampire valet. Is that a real, is that true blood or is that fake fake blood? blood? That's fake blood. Hell yeah, that's fake. That is fake as hell. You got this. You got this. Uh, Number two, number two. uh, I heart vampires. Two young women discover that their favorite book, Confessions of a High School Vampire, (laughs) is actually based on real life events and that vampires are real creatures. Is I heart vampire true blood or fake blood? uh, True blood. True blood. (laughs) It is. It is true blood. You got it. I I I think you're you're getting the vibe. You're getting the vibe. Okay. Uh, Next up. Next up. Um, Vampire prosecutor. This Korean crime procedural drama tells the story of a prosecutor who hides his identity of being a vampire and solves his crimes with his special powers using his vampiric dark might to force his victims to confess. Is the vampire prosecutor... I'm going to say true blood. I really want this to be an actual thing. It is true blood, sir. It is true blood. Send me a link to find that because a prosecutor vampire, are you kidding me? What a genius way to use your power. Oh, for sure, dude. I, and like the idea of being predatory in general, like as a prosecutor, it's totally great. It's totally great. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you would make a great, uh, you would make a great uh, English adaptation for Vampire Prosecutor. I think that you would encapsulate that very Thank well, you. Jeff. I'm trying to so, take uh, that as a compliment. <laughs> no, no, you will. I'll send the spec script to the agency and then you'll understand. Uh, <laughs> next up, next up. Is this true blood or fake blood? Bloody, bloody, bloody Sunday. A retelling of the Bogside Massacre in which British soldiers shot 26 unarmed Irish protesters against internment without trial. Only it's discovered that the British soldiers were under the mind control of a royal British vampire. And only vampire hunter Mick Helsing can save the day. Is bloody, bloody, bloody Sunday true blood or fake blood? Mick Helsing, like, it reminds me of Van Helsing, of course. That's that's an interesting... All right, I'm gonna gonna go with with fake blood. I, 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 I think you, you could have made that up. Very elaborate. Nailed it! You nailed it again! Four for four! That is fake blood! I think it was Helsing that that pushed me over the edge. I was like, that sounds like like someone playing with me. (laughs) All right, next up. Uh... Blood Lad. Blood Lad <laughs> follows Staz, a vampire from the surreal demon world who meets Fuyumi Yanagi, an ordinary Japanese high school girl who accidentally wanders into the demon world through a portal. Shortly after meeting, Fuyumi is killed by a carnivorous plant Little Shop of Horrors style and is turned into a ghost, causing Staz to take responsibility and pledge to bring her back to life. Is Blood Lad blood real? Lad, true Blood. 
Yes, again, a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. I my deceptive muscles must not have been great while writing these because you are nailing one after the other after the other. Okay, next up, this one. I'm not. I give you some trouble. Okay, next up, Mamma Mia! I married a vampire. Produced by the Weinstein Company, which ironically was run by a sociopathic vampire. <laughs> Mama Mia, I married a vampire. I'm sorry, let me get the the exclamations right again. Mama Mia, I married a vampire <laughs> is a story in which a young man, uh, in which a young man named Tony Thompson is newly married to his vampire bride Carmilla. The secret at first comes as a shock, but Tony loves Carmilla, teams up with her in a Sweeney Todd style escapade to assault people and drain them of blood after delivering them their pizza pies. Mamma Mia, I mar- Mamma Mia, I Married a Vampire is a wholesome movie for the whole family. So this late 90s movie, Mamma Mia, I Married a Vampire. Is this one true blood or fake blood? Mamma Mia, it's true blood. I got you! Die! Fake blood! Fake blood, very sad, very fake blood. <laughs> I can feel it. My, my neck popping out. It's happening. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Next one. I, and this is actually the last one. I lied about there being eight, and I lied about the numbers of each to kind of throw you off. To kind of throw you off. So this is our last one. It's number seven, actually. Okay. Oh. So I have kind of I poisoned the well to kind of make it so that you're like, oh, if you were trying to count, maybe the count got a little All off. Right, fair enough. Go for it. Next up. <laughs> God, dude, life's weird. The Little Vampire, starring a young Jonathan Lipnicki with title music by 90s legend Aaron Carter, it follows a little nine-year-old boy named Tony Thompson, a young vampire who's forced to confront an evil blimp-riding sociopath named Rookery in a battle for his vampire father's medallion. <laughs> is The Little Vampire, starring Jonathan Lipnicki, true blood or is it I fake blood? I the medallion thing being real, but I'm gonna say it's fake blood, dude. Oh, I got you oh, again. You can, you can. I ended on a sour note, Pax. No, no, no. Well, I ended on a okay. great note because you, you, you gave me what I was looking for, which is your, your defeat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, Jeff, thank you very much. So your final score was five out of seven. Which uh, let me, let me crunch some numbers here. That's a, that's a passing grade. That's almost ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight percent. I'm always scraping by the by the skin of my teeth, man. <laughs> I got you. So, so uh, Jeffrey, before we uh, bef- before we send you off, any of those uh, that, that stand out as movies that are fake that you uh, would like to see, or some of the real ones that you wished were fake that I wished were fake. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Prosecutor Vampire. I gotta give that a give that a look. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! And um, Mama Mia, I married a vampire. Is 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 I. I was proud of that because I think it very much encapsulates what movies were like in the early two oh, thousands. Like, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember Luck of the Irish, that Disney movie about the young Irish guy who just turned into a leprechaun? <laughs> yeah. Oh God! This I, is I, would, like... me. I, I watched a movie. Uh, it's a vampire movie with with oh God, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. What a dynamic duo! This movie is mm. a weird vampire movie. I, I wish I could remember the name, but this is what it reminds me of. Where is that movie? Wait, is that interview with a vampire? Uh, yeah, maybe. Is that was that you just just looked it up or, or? Yeah, so it looks like they were in that movie, an interview with a vampire. That was one of my mom's favorite romantic novels. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she couldn't afford audiobooks when you were young, so she would have me like read like Twilight novels and Interview with the Vampire and Susan Rice books to her wow, in the car. Okay, 
now that, so, that's good. So I'm glad there's that connection. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on emerging victorious from Is This True Blood or Is I This Fake Blood? I had a good time. <laughs> I had a great time, too. And now it's going to be back to your regularly scheduled Rotakus. Okay, and we're back. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you very much for playing Is That True Blood or Is It Fake Blood? <laughs> it was an absolute <laughs> blast. Thank you very much. Yeah, you remember. We this we had recorded it for uh, when we did this episode the first time, so having Jeff on so that we could reuse our, our brilliant vampire takes, highly, highly, highly grateful for that. Um, so, Hal, you want to take it away? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Castlevania and just the this beloved series that that Pax and I when we first started like this is what really gave us the passion like wow, this is what we really want to do with the show. This is what we this is the form that we want to put it in and this is if we can make every show that we pick like this immersive for us and possibly for our listeners like this is ideal. So, Castlevania was um it was one of those things that kind of just like showed up on Netflix one day and we were like, we didn't get a lot of like buzz for it before we saw it and we looked at it and it was just bonkers. Oh my God. Bonkers. Unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable. Right. And, and so like you start off the first episode, right? And you get this incredible shot of, of what you can only assume to be Dracula's castle. And at the time you're thinking like, First of all, the artwork is incredible. It is stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is in like this beautifully uh, fluid animation, but also these hints of like watercolor backgrounds that make everything pop uh, even mm-hmm. more in the front. And so, like, you see Dracula's castle, and you think, like, okay, all right, this is here's the bad guy. Here's Dracula. I think I know where this is going. And then, like, time goes on, and you see him meeting this woman named. Lisa and and you see that they are very very much in love. She's human. He's a vampire. Classic story. Who's gonna? How they? How they gonna do? It's the Romeo he and Juliet. Was undead. She, was she was a, a girl. <laughs> Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> and so like they're in love and like for a moment you get the feeling like oh okay this is an atypical Dracula story. Let's get into it. Love it. Yeah, because for, for a little clarification, Lisa has come because she's just kind of like a traveling doctor. And so she has happened upon, after walking through the literal cor- like field of corpses, like, what, hundreds of bodies? on Yeah, you bikes. know, Vlad the Impaler. Impaler, yes. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> I, I didn't put two and two together, but Al did. <laughs> um, so, but when she, she enters the castle, um, Dracula is very much like, I see that you have come to die. Uh uh, hello why are you here and she's just on face she has big she's big caroline energy do you know uh, what i'm talking about like like carol like the tim burton no, film no caroline the one we know <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. shout out sea dog shout out sea dog um but um she is just this like intensely brilliant optimistic person who believes in humanity and dracula's entire um uh kind of persona is literally just like 
Um, everybody that's come to my castle has been a fucking asshole, and, uh, and now no, they are dead. I'm not gonna help the fucking <laughs> humans. And she comes with just uh, straight facts and logic. She, you know, his feelings are no no match for her facts and logic, and she just comes there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, he looks like a vampire, man. He looks like a vampire that got bitten as a 12 year old. We're talking about Ben yep, Shapiro here. Doesn't just doesn't age. Doesn't doesn't ever get any blood in his face. And so, uh, uh, <laughs> Lisa comes up and she's like um well actually dracula uh if you look at uh the state of humanity it's actually uh ignorant of you to assume i can't keep doing it i can't keep doing it we want it. you to I, like lisa we really want you yeah, to like no, no, lisa no. because I feel like, like i'm i feel like i'm a vampire being waterboarded in holy water when his <laughs> spirit possesses me so get out ben get out <laughs> um, okay okay so so uh she comes through uh with I can't, don't say facts and logic. Don't say facts and logic. She comes through with compassion. That yes. is what really, really drives the show. It's yes. a story of Lisa's compassion and how it sort of like found the chink in Dracula's emotional scale armor and just like reached him in a way that reached his humanity deep inside him, which he had considered all but lost to him. And so like they meet and he's like, all right, maybe I won't tear your throat out. And right he shows now. her to um, his library, which is this gigantic, it's like golden things with this like rotating astrolabe inside. And he's like, here is the the accumulated knowledge of the immortals. Like it, essentially it is presented to you that like, yes, magic is involved and demonics are involved. But Dracula as an immortal is someone who above all like prizes knowledge and prizes, you know, um, uh, like like kind of scientific advancements and shares some of that with Lisa. And in turn, Lisa gains amazing um, insight as to like uh, human physiology, how best to be a doctor and to heal and help people. And so uh, if you want to turn uh, Dracula around, all you need to be is a super hot genius who's not afraid of dying. Yep. So uh, just... <laughs> Which is essentially what he is. Uh, yeah. Because you, when you see Dracula, you see that he's like this six foot five, like grizzled, long maned creature of the night. But um, remind you of anyone? Remind you of anyone? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh god, yeah, he's a Chad. You're right. Yeah, he's a real Chad. But he's like, um, he's as you as this sort of you get like sort of a scene of you know you see their relationship progress very quickly, like like a montage of of, of events that happen, and then their relationship gets closer, and he begins to stand up straighter, and he you know mm, yeah. hates humanity just a little less, you know, every day, and he finally decides to himself like. You know, I will use my knowledge to help people if I can. If they are willing and they are receptive of that, Lisa, you have uh, convinced me to do that. So thank you for reaching that part of me. She's like, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go on a trip to go help some people. And uh, I promise you I'll be okay. And he's like, okay, this doesn't feel right. But okay, yeah, you, you can absolutely go. And then she goes and uh, or did he go? Did he leave or or did... It was so what I'll say is like listeners, if you're already sold on Castlevania, this is one of like the whatever I'll spoil. It's fucking amazing. The yeah, show's unbelievable. Incredible. And there's like few shows that will just like straight up say, watch, 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 watch. Um, if if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, watch this show. Uh, uh-huh. only maybe don't watch it if you're so turned off by like blood and violence, but otherwise it's it's prestige. It's awesome. Um, just because we're going to kind of talk about the plot of the first episode, which is the overarching plot of the story. And so we're going to spoil that now because right. Lisa essentially um, says to Dracula, like, hey, I'm going to go off and help people. But you you can't just be in this because of like me and this like 
you know, dank, uh, dank relationship we got going. You need to go experience humanity yourself. And so they go on like separate ah, mutual pro- right. pilgrimages. So she heads off to like uh, a village, sets up her little like apothecary, and he is sent to go kind of like go across uh, Europe and Asia and kind of explore, do a meet and greet, and then they are going to, you know, meet up again in X amount of time. Take it away, Hal. That's when things sort of begin to go south. Uh, yes. So... Vlad, Vlad, who who he sort of refers to himself as, you know, Vladimir Tepish. Um, he returns back to his home, and Lisa's not there, and he's like, okay, something's going on. She didn't meet me, and then he finds out that uh, the villagers of, of the place where she she had set up shop had um, tied her to a stake and burned her as a witch. Um, they they murdered her, and he finds this out, and he goes to this town and he menaces them with this like incredible magic, like this illusion, this enormous face of his appears like within the flames and within the yeah. sky. And he he's like, you done fucked up. You need to leave. You all have a chance. I will give you a chance to leave. But if you do not leave within X amount of time, I'm coming in and I'm slaughtering you like cattle. Yeah. And they were just like, uh, okay. And they, they didn't leave for whatever reason. They, there was like a year, I think. Yeah. He gave them like a year. Old Dracula would have cut that shit off like extremely quick. It was only because of like the spark that Lisa ignited inside of him. Right. That that kind of pushed him to be like, okay, I'm not going to destroy all of humanity yet. Right. (laughs) Yet, but get the fuck out. And I'll probably, and I think it was even like, I'll go find you and kill you later, but leave now. Right. Um, Like I'm giving you a head start. Yeah. And so, um, the, the crux of why they didn't and why that year is spent that way is that one of the, one of, one of the big protagonists in early Castlevania or antagonists in early Castlevania is the, uh, church is mm-hmm. like the Catholic church and um, uh, various forms of Christendom because something amazing about Castlevania is it takes place in a really specific time. It is Wallachia, which is like old Romania in 1455. So you're talking some like old ass, uh, like crusades, ignorance. Yeah. Time period. And um, when, uh, Dracula's face appears the way the church kind of writes it off and this like really like slovenly gross kind of bishop there is oh well this is proof that she was a witch because she sent like this fake illusion of Dracula to like scream and like it should be clear that like this is not just like an illusion because when Dracula's face appears and he yells he like fucking blows up every window in an eight block radius right. just because he's so pissed <laughs> and meanwhile what he's doing is he's just like facetiming from his castle he's using like his like, like there's like a mirror that sort of yeah. like Dumbledore's like fountain that he uses he dunks Harry's head in like a like a violent baptism and then he can see things um, it's yes. kind of like that yeah uh, and so, um, the, 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 the church kind of says like, oh, well, great. We killed the witch. This is proof. Um, and it's, it's, I guess let's just touch for a second, not to spend too much time. So intensely sad. Yeah. So it's heartbreaking. Intensely sad because as Lisa's being burned to death, she is crying out, tears streaming down her face, screaming to the sky. Don't do this. Don't don't do this. They don't know what they're doing. Please have mercy. And she's not screaming to God. She's not screaming for her own life. She's screaming for Dracula because in her mind she knows she. It's a very it's a very Christ like. Um, yeah, that's um, what I was about to say. They know not what they do. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, Dracula is not around to hear it. And even if he could, I don't think he would. I don't think he would take it. Um, I yeah. He, I I he he yeah. was so after that he well he goes on a path. Yeah, which which is why I think that like important here is that like this is not a show that's like against the idea of of faith and goodness. Um, because I think that if if you want to take christ-like lessons of faith you can very much find like the spirit of that and some of like lisa's actions of sacrifice but it is a super accurate portrayal of like the evil genocidal impulses of like the church and like you know the the um <laughs> centuries past yeah so uh a year later comes <laughs> do you and, remember this uh, scene yeah oh yeah so a year later is that, like comes. the pope that's there no it's not the pope it's like a bishop yeah, it's like a, um, a kind of like a high-ranking official of the Catholic Church, and yeah. um, so like a year passes, and the bishop's like having a service, and he's like, "See, it's been a year, and nothing's <laughs> happened." <laughs> So I guess and it's he not so real. Evil. The archbishop yeah. sounds so evil because he's out there on like a a, a, a palisade. Is that it? The, the thing that's like yeah. you pick it up on multiple ends um, and brought out there. Because like the archbishop, he like literally sounds like, you know, he's just like, I fucking hate everybody. No, keep lying. I love lies. <laughs> and uh, as he's delivering the speech, he's like, and it's been a year to the day that Satan unleashed his evil upon us and he lied. And look, it's a year and I see no consequences. <laughs> and what happens, Hal? And what happens is everyone, <laughs> everyone dies. Like, so fast. So what happens is, like, the skies darken. As he's giving the speech, skies darken. <laughs> and then, like... It suddenly gets like uncomfortably hot in the church, and they're like, "What's going on?" And then suddenly, woof! Buildings start lighting up. You see these and it's winged raining creatures. Blood. It's it raining is raining blood. blood as these creatures, these literal demons, fly down from the sky and start like tearing, literally tearing people in half, just ripping, dismembering people like with their their horrid claws and teeth, and. Um, like Dracula himself isn't even there. He just no. sends his army to eradicate this village. And like like this demon shows up in the church, tears up the place, and is like leaves the bishop alive. And the bishop's like, Oh God save me. I am a holy man. You can't hurt me. <laughs> and demons And just the demon's like, like, Yeah, all right, I'll just get going like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no was, no 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 and, and demon's like oh all right well i guess i'll just disembowel you and then he, like reaches <laughs> in and he like tears this guy up and like yeah it's what it is is sort of an evil is as evil does type scenario yeah. where like he he gives him a chance to run away and you understand like okay like dracula's probably gonna do it i don't think he's bluffing here but then these people are very much like yeah, well, what? The give him the finger. He, he took the year. Is he's like he uh, did not come to be, early. He did not come late. He but did he exactly spends the same. whole year. Importantly, he spends the whole year as he says. He's like, I'm going to be in my castle, uh, ripping open portals to hell every day, and I'm going to amass an army. And like he does it. He fucking right. like, that's what he spends the year doing is getting a fucking legion of demons. Like and and like like a, a legion is even putting it lightly because from what you understand there is no limit at yeah. this point to to the forces and the resources that dracula has at his command and um you really get a sense of how deadly he he and his army are as they eradicate a city in like 
I don't know, 10 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and, and as, as like this town is being ripped apart, you see Dracula at the very end, basically claiming war on all of humanity, just saying, all right, I've shown my hand. This is exactly what I can and will do. And I'm going to do this everywhere on the, in the country. And then to the rest of the planet, I'm going to eradicate the human race. Yeah. And so, that's the setup for Castlevania. That's episode one. And so we haven't even met the fucking protagonists yet. I'm nope. not sure. I think at the very end of the episode, you might meet one of them. I don't even think so. I think it's at the beginning of episode two. I've, okay. I, th- I that That's probably right. So let's kind of like broadening out, talk about the three main protagonists. Right. So um, the th- the in most Castlevania games, many Castlevania games at least, you play a member of the Belmont family. So the Belmonts kind of being like the Van Helsings of this world who are like the vampire hunting family, a long lineage of people who are um, both picked on uh, for kind of like attracting um, shitty things because they're hunting them out and so they're like falsely co- correlated with these things. It's like uh, being a witcher in the Witcher it, game. It the is pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the 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 Belmont that we meet here is different than the really nice, chill, cool Belmonts that we normally get in the games. Right. Who, who's the Belmont we get here? This is Trevor Belmont, and he uh, he's he's like a constantly smelling of gin, uh, like never washes his clothes. Uh, the first scene that we see, he's literally coming out of a drunken stupor. I think like in an alley somewhere. He's like by a bar. And um, these guys come in, they're like, Oi, what's that crest you've got on there? Are you a Belmont? And he's like, no, I'm not. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm too drunk. And then they're like, yeah, you're a fucking Belmont. And then they walk up and they start punching him. He's just like, ow, I'd really not rather hurt you, but you're going to make me. And then they're like, fuck you, Belmont. And then he slices off one of their fingers. Yeah. And then he just beats the shit out of these guys. But you see that like in this fight, these are like two half drunk like large men that have maybe like gone in a barroom brawl every now and again but like they're not they're not sluggers i think the conversation they're having before is about who fucked a goat right yeah it's like like dirt poor like like lowest of the low just slovenly heathens that decide to pick a fight with a renowned vampire hunter but you also see that like you're expecting him to like do some really really cool like awesome vampire slaying right, tricks yeah. and then he like he just kicks one of them in the balls and, and like he just and he's still fucking drunk like he, right, he gets he's, woozy and he trips a couple times he, get, not he like still a gets win. slugged in the face every yeah. now and again um, and you're getting the feeling like okay this guy's probably not at the height of his career right now yeah and so in season one, we follow Trevor. Trevor goes to a nearby town that is like just about to be hit by Dracula's army because like word is kind of spreading. They're like, hey, uh, so we heard that a city just got destroyed by Dracula. And like people are kind of split up just like, um, I don't think there's a Dracula. <laughs> and other people being like, um, oh, yeah, I've heard of Dracula. He, he killed my whole family, but uh, I'm poor and I don't feel like moving. I'm sure the church has got it because the church is going through the streets being like, Dracula is fake news, very fake, very bad. Don't worry about Dracula. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, like <laughs> the demons are encroaching. I like like slurping the marrow out of their neighbor's bones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're probably like, don't worry. They're probably like, don't worry about those guys. They're just Jewish. <laughs> like, but with the time period, with the time period. Um, uh, so, um, 
what who he meets in the city is he meets this like brand of what what are the names of they're, they're like um oral storytellers uh yeah so uh the order that this new character that trevor meets uh is she's she's a member of this order called the speakers which are kind of like oral st- storytellers they sort of pass history down strictly by mouth and um you don't write anything down. And so like for that reason, they try to keep themselves alive the best that they can so they cannot lose the history that they have amassed over the years. Um, but it turns out like, hey, they're also kind of sort of magicians and like some of them are more accomplished than others. But this particular girl, her name is Saifa and she is like this badass, like s- level 12 sorcerer that oh. just like she's a bad bitch. And like she meets Trevor Belmont and she's like, wow, you're disgusting. And he's just like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, you need help fighting something. And she's like, yeah. And so they go down into this, this, uh, sort of like crypt to, um, to find this, this treasure, this like weapon against Dracula and his, his horde of ravenous demons. And so like he goes down there, they fall a couple times cause Trevor's not quite on his shit yet. Mm-hmm. And like they get down there to, I think they're also trying to save somebody who was like lost within this labyrinth. Yeah. It's they like down, one of the speakers, I think. Yeah. Who was like lost down, down there. there and, yeah. um, they like fight this monster. I think it's a Cyclops. Yeah, there's a cyclops oh, the beam. down there in the lab, in like this old clock tower at the bottom, just chilling there like a Dark Souls boss waiting to yeah, kick your teeth yeah. in. And so, like, they fight this thing. Cyphus reveals, like, oh, yeah, you know, I can like shoot fire and icicles from my hand, but like, I'm, I'm really more rather about speaking and diplomacy. Um, oh, my God. But like, if you, I mean, the way I described her here in the show notes is a, a big Dommy mommy, smarty pants, Hermione Granger. If she was a serial killer, murder dork, oh like that's her vibe. And like, she has like the cutest like accent going on. It's like vaguely Romanian. And like, she's just so fucking cute. And, um, she has all of like this elemental fighting that you would expect in like Avatar The Last Airbender, but mm-hmm. like she will summon shards of ice from the water vapor in the air and plunge it into people's jugulars and summon like the little spheres of fire and blow them out and like the physics of this, like we probably need to talk about the combat like all in all at one point, but I just, I can't let it go without saying how fucking cool Saifa is. Like she is, yeah. like, I mean, th- there is no like, there is no like, yeah, I'm like the uh, the, the, the great fighty badass Trevor Belmont and then Saifa being like, and I'm the girl who like knows how to read and like talk and I can read and but I can't fight. You know, like that's not the vibe at all. She is just as competent as she could fighting. whoop his ass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, as they fucking fight the fucking Cyclops, they meet oh, one of my favorite characters down there. So what happens next is this weird clusterfuck of like what a, a party member encounter should be. And it yeah. is like if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, like and you have to introduce a new player, like there's always this moment where like this new character meets the player the party and there's introductions made whether it's in this epic battle against a common foe or it is just simply meeting in a bar and what happens is they get down and they see this coffin within this like beautiful beautiful monastery-esque room and um it's like like, oh shit the weapon's in there yeah they're like oh there's like a sword in there or something right and Trevor opens up the casket and then there's a man inside with like this beautiful oh. long edgelord hair and um you very clearly see like oh this is a vampire okay this is a vampire and then he wakes up and he like vertically goes from like 90 degrees to like standing straight up 
and he's floating and you're like, oh shit. And he's just like, yes, I am Alucard. And why did you wake me up? I was sleeping rather nicely. And Trevor Belmont's like, yeah, well, we kind of need some help. You're a fucking vampire. I'm actually going to stake you instead. And then they like fight. They get into like a bar room brawl where like you see this incredible display of grace and like live deadly skill from Alucard as he uses this telekinetic sword. He controls it with his mind and it's like dancing around like, 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 like this deadly butterfly while Trevor's just trying to like whip the shit out of him with this like, it wasn't even flaming at the time. It was just like a regular whip and they're fighting and you see like this element of like, oh, this is really who these characters are when like Alucard closes in on him is like overwhelming him with vampire strength and Trevor knees him in the crotch. Mm-hmm. And he looks down and he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. And Alucard is just like, he is so glamorous and so incredibly emotional for such a stoic character. Mm-hmm. Like so much emotion is wrung out. Now I, um, I, I, I had a little acronym for like the vibe I got here a little, um, uh, can you, can you read what I put here and give me your best guess as to what I meant? Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, Alucard is a uh, P-A-T-D-A-F-Y-C-S-O song title of a man. He is part okay, human, so part Okay, so what do you think that meant? What do you think that meant? Dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so the P-A-T-D-A-F-Y-C-S-O. So for all the real ones out there, all my fellow gays and glamorous scene kids, that is a Panic at the Disco's original album, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. That's the vibe he gives me and like for what i meant by song title of a man really hyper quick i'm gonna re- read off um three panic of the disco song titles you're gonna tell me if uh off of this album a fever you can't sweat out you're gonna tell me if they're real or fake sound good okay okay the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage that sounds real to me real nailed it okay um lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking your clothes off <laughs> real or fake i think that's I think that's fake. Real. That's okay. Real? Fuck. Yep, yep. Now, um, there's a good reason these tables are numbered, honey. You just haven't thought of it yet. That's fake. They're all real. All of those are real and Pax. all of those are off a fever you can't sweat out, which is a banger at age like wine. It's a classic and it's it's my allegory. Gotcha, I love gotcha. it so much. Cypher, we have Trevor, we have Alucard meeting up um, to kind of do battle against Dracula and they all have really great different reasons. Trevor is kind of just like, um, uh, well, he's a fucking vampire and that's and enough that's for him. And that's good enough uh, for me. <laughs> Cypher kind of, I think, has the vibe like there might be another way out of this, right? Like she just wants the violence to stop. Yeah, Cypher's more concerned about ending the war and protecting the speakers more yeah. than like, but she also has this vibe of like, She's not really sure what to make of it until she meets Alucard because Alucard is supposed to be like this chosen savior of the speakers. Yeah. And he's very, very reluctant in this role. Um, Very much like, yeah, I'd really rather not. Um, I don't know who you are and I don't like my father and that's it. Uh, And and Saifa's very much in this place where she's like, 
maybe, maybe, maybe you could, and maybe I can help keep this little family together so that we don't all die in, in, in like, so we all don't die screaming at the hands of Dracula and his hordes. Yeah. Oh, because important here, Alucard's motivation. Why is Alucard in the coffin? It's because uh, Alucard is the son of Lisa and Dracula. Mm -hmm. And you find out that they had a child and it was Alucard. Who I wonder why Lisa let his name be Dracula backwards. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, after all the shit she put Dracula through, just like, yeah, yeah, you're not killing humanity, but like Alucard. okay, I'll relent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> maybe it's an old vampiric naming convention. So um, Alucard is in this coffin because when his father was about to genocide humanity, Alucard is like, uh, father, I, I'm half human. Like, I, I don't want to kill the humans. I love my mom. I, I believe what she was saying. And Alucard is like, I uh, I respect what you're saying, son, but... Uh, and and he just like beats the shit out of his son and they have a couple fights throughout the series um and he's in the coffin healing right essentially what it is by the way this is not until like season like later on in season two when when like they all meet and they fight but like i think the fight between alucard and dracula oh my god i'm like a fight (sighs) anime fight junkie yeah and the way that it is animated their speed like when you see Alucard and Trevor fighting, you see like, okay, wow, Alucard's really fast and very graceful. But when you're seeing these two fight, like two vampires at peak condition, just yeah. fucking like balls to the wall, fists a flailing, um, they are so fast. And and you get the feeling that like, like, wow, I'm not seeing everything that's happening in this fight. It's not like the it's not like every other anime where it's like, oh, blah, 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 action is happening and, and you don't get to see it because I'm yeah. moving too fast. No shortcuts, no shortcuts. No, like you see a fist like connect, but like, and then another one, they're all very specifically placed and there's like intent to kill or wound behind each one. It's not just like fists just to show off my skills. Yes, it's very much yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to put you into the ground and that's what I'm going to do right here, right now. Oh, it's incredible. And it hurts. You can tell that like each blow <sighs> yeah. when it lands, you're like, Ow. <laughs> yep. Ow. Yeah, and, and characters don't just shrug it off. And you get so much of like who the characters are by their fighting style. Like uh Saifa is fucking like brilliant and she'll like lay out all these like uh plans and traps and does like a very, I think like um uh Thai is it uh, Taekwondo using the enemies like kind of like weight against them, right? That's judo. Or, judo, judo, right. Um, in terms of just the way that she will like leverage the elements and like different forces of momentum and angles to get in on the enemy, uh, Trevor is just a fucking brawler. He is not afraid to do anything. And to he get just kind of makes it up as he goes along. Like you yeah. get the feeling that while Saifa Cy- is laying out this like twelve step plan to eliminate the foe, Trevor's just kind of like, yeah, I'll just kind of walk in there and start swinging and just see what he does, and that's good enough for me. And, whereas yeah. like, and Alucard is meanwhile lithe as a cat and flying so here graceful. and there. He's like he's already won the fight yeah when you see alucard begin and meanwhile all i hear whenever he's fighting in the back of my head apart from the amazing soundtrack is like wake me up inside (laughs) like it's just oh it's so cool and the way that, that Dracula fights is just like pure malaise right it's like a ton of determination and intent but like this this whole sense of like his his rage is not I mean, just to go into this, it's like, it's like all of Dracula's character, right? right. It's, 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 there's an apathy in everything that he does. And that's actually one of the main talking points within his court. Um, that yeah. They're just like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he doesn't care about any of this. He just wants to die. 
Yeah. Um, but so like when he let's fights, about, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about Dracula's court for a second. Just talking about the details of Dracula's world. What what makes Castlevania so special on a broad level? And um, before we dive into like the, the big themes, so um, Dracula's court, the machinations of it, how folks are acting and, and treating Dracula, everyone treats Dracula um, not like they're afraid to confront him, but like it's very clear that there is a, a power differential here. I guess like um, it's, it's, it's kind of made clear that Dracula is not like the king of all vampires in like title necessarily but he just is functionally that because of just how powerful he is how long he's been alive um and how intelligent he is in the past it seems like he has definitely had a hand in a lot of like um vampires like careers coming up and his whole court is incredibly um multi-ethnic you see vampires from all sorts of kingdoms in you know uh, africa and africa all yeah all sorts of people coming to like both pay fealty to Dracula, but also to just kind of like rep their homeland, their home, their own interests. And then his kind of like main confrontational force, there's Camilla. I think it's, it's Camilla is the, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's, there's a lady vampire that challenges him a, a bunch named Camilla, who is very much um, worried because the, the thing that kind of unites a lot of the vampires and pushing back against Dracula a little bit is that like Dracula is not, He's filled with this rage. I just don't know how to describe it. It's it's a rage that isn't like, I hate all the humans. It's more that like, I have decided that all the humans are going to die. And I don't know, everything in the show almost just seems like, like almost like a slow suicide for Dracula. Something where it's like, he's just, he he just cannot bring himself to rise above the pain that he's feeling. Yeah, I, I feel pain. like it's, I feel like it's more of this idea rather than like, I'm going to live so that they can die. It's more of I'm dying and I'm going to take them with me. Yeah. I I think that's more of what it is. It's this idea of like, and also as the war goes on, like this war goes on for a while. It's not just like a week of fighting and then blah, everyone's dead. Oh, it's a full campaign. Yeah. and, And like, that's tiring. That's tiring for anyone. But for someone who's been alive for hundreds of years already and has lost the love of his life and, and like just the the glamour of immortality, it has really lost its luster for him. And and he knows that he can't just die. And so he's just kind of like throwing himself into this this uh bloodlust, this this uh, apathetics like um genocide just kind of being like yeah i'm not gonna die but uh, might as well just fucking kill everyone before i kill myself it's like there's a little part inside of him that knows that lisa is right but he can't bring it inside of his heart to like rise above the hate right you know what i mean it's it's really like um it, it's just he knows he can't be the person to keep doing it anymore. He just can't let himself be hurt again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's heartbreaking to see all of the these people coming in. The the I think most compelling characters in his court are the two humans because the people who raised Dracula's army they're actually both humans. They are necromancers uh, called Forge Masters, right? Yeah. Yeah, who um, raise his army from the dead. And both of them are people who are outcasts that have been so mistreated by humanity that they are 100% um, on, like, and humanity, on team and humanity. And it's, um, 
totally supplicant to what Dracula wants. And there's one character, Godbrand, who is like a Viking vampire in the court who causes a bunch of problems. He's voiced by uh, Peter uh, Stormare, who it was the hound on Game of Thrones. And he raises a good point, which is like, uh, uh, Dracula, what happens when uh, there are no humans left because we eat them? What, <laughs> what then? <laughs> you know, what about food, Dracula? And Dracula's like, uh, I don't know, just... Uh, uh, what do you want? We could put some in a stable. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, right. And- but there's also, here's the thing though, is in that conversation, you see a glint of like, like, Oh, a challenge. There's a yeah. challenge here. Cause you see that God yeah. is very much, he's a low tier vampire. Like he's on Dracula's court, but it's more as like muscle. Yeah. Um, and what Dracula said, like chills me oh, uh, when he said that he looks up, as Godbrand basically accuses him of not knowing what he's doing. And Dracula, like, he's sitting in his chair by the fire, and he looks up, like, gives him side eye, and he goes, Are you challenging me, little vampire? And that, for me, was like, Dracula doesn't even consider himself a vampire. Yeah. He's, like, above it. He's just like, you little fucking leech, how dare dare you even step foot into this room in my presence and mm. ask me questions that I don't need to answer. And yeah. you get this feeling and like God brands like, Oh, uh, uh, I don't, uh, and you get this feeling of like, wow, like this is that, this is that fear. This is that sort of like, it's more like watching a, um, it's kind of like a, a circle of sharks, like like a pack yeah. of, of Mako sharks sort of swimming along. They're all swimming in the same direction, right? But no one is necessarily, there's like one bigger one right in the lead and they're just waiting for it to get wounded, for there to be a scent of mm. blood in the water so that they can frenzy and all attack at once. And there's this moment of like, you sense that they're trying to close in in this moment, which is what gives Godbrand the confidence to walk in. And then Dracula looks up at him and says that. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, Dracula knows what's going on. He's no fool. And he will kill anybody yeah. that gets in his way. Like, you, it's like that big silverback getting up and just like, boom, boom, beating his chest real quick. Yeah. And then sitting back down. But he down. barely even needs to make noise. He doesn't have to. And that's like, oh, God, chilled me. And this is all about, you know, it's like you, you, go, you go to acting 101 and I, I forget who who had said this, but it's a quote that stuck with me forever in like um, my, my acting career, which was that you do not play the king. There's no way to play a king. Everybody else sort of plays the king by the way they interact with you. Because mm-hmm. you solipsistically as like one individual, you can't just like act so, so brave and regal. And you can you can really pull out all the stops. You could be amazing in your role, but how the audience reacts to you and how they how much they believe in your power is all determined by how other people react to you. Right. How they speak to you, how deferential they are to you. And that is so well maintained in Dracula's court because um, it, it's almost John Wick style in the sense that like you don't necessarily know everything that John Wick did in the past it's just everyone's like Baba Yaga's coming mm-hmm. the fucking you know the the dude he he will kill everybody and it's just the reaction that establishes that without the details of like he's killed 10 million people <laughs> you know? right, right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's just all, like you yeah. know you already know you already yeah, know what's about to happen implicit. yeah and so um talking about like our favorite characters can we just dive into Isaac and Hector for a second because like yes Already with all this, the fighting, unbelievable. The um, writing is 
it's truly the I think the best writing I've seen in like uh, American animation ever. It's it's unbelievable, and the complexity in Isaac and Hector it just it only deepens as the show yeah. goes on. You meet yeah. these characters and you already get the feeling of like, whoa, something happened within their lives. And uh, it, it seems strange that they would be plotting for the death of, of all humans. But like they don't – I think this is one of the few shows where like this character is introduced and uh, you don't need all the information right away because you already know that you're, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it. it. It's just like Isaac and Hector – are are so vastly different and yet very much the same in in a few ways they both use their powers as forge masters to kind of like lay dead bodies on a forge to um raise them up and kind of allow demons to inhabit these bodies like to use the flesh and meat of the humans as a a conduit to let these demons through from the other side whatever that may be and this show does not like make um christianity canon it does not make even hell necessarily canon but there is another side where there's devils there's demons there's different layers of this there there's a darkness right. and um w- what that entails you and know, you go there when you die yeah yeah and you go there when you die and we're still finding out more and more about it as the show goes on um but the i think the difference between the two is uh Isaac or, or Hector, when he raises them up, the eyes of the demons are blue and they raise up pretty peacefully. And a lot of them are happy to, to, to be there and ready to kill. But when Isaac raises them and he plunges his dagger into his enemies, they scream and convulse and rise up and their eyes are red. And their disposition as they're, they're acting in the field isn't that much different. But the, the method by which they're raised elucidates so much in the backstories of Hector and Isaac, Hector being very misunderstood and abused by humans, but Isaac being like fucking, t- should we like say briefly what Isaac's deal is or is that? I'd, I'd rather they get to see that themselves because it is okay. such a journey that you see. Um, cause, cause Isaac, here's, here's the overall yeah. story is that Isaac is, is very indebted to Dracula himself. Isaac considers yeah. himself like, like Dracula's right-hand man, if not recognized by the court, personally one of Dracula's most trusted consorts. And and that is just uh, exemplified in everything that he does, the way that he conducts himself with Hector, the way he conducts himself with the court. He's very much like, I, I will do absolutely anything for Dracula. And yeah. Hector's more just like, I just kind of wanted a place to hide and do my thing and yeah. you know if, if dracula needs me to raise an army for him but he'll keep me safe okay yeah and H- hector's ambivalent like he he H- hector definitely believes that uh vampires like the next evolution you know like they're just superior mm-hmm. and he gets it but isaac's a true believer mm-hmm. in the whole like end humanity type deal and why that is is because his story is at a cross-section of like generational trauma and race and sexuality and pain and history and like the way that the story is executed is is maybe the most devastating thing i've ever seen in animation Uh, uh, not really, but maybe. I mean, what do you mean? 
mean? I said yes, a hundred percent. I don't know. If well, it not by the Tacketyville definition, as you stated at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, but like, okay, so Ben Shapino could own us in a debate about whether or not sure, this is absolutely. anime. But like, is it a cartoon or is it an American drama? Like, if it's it absolutely like, an adult drama. Yeah, but like, and so it is an adult drama. It's like a prestige thing. This thing is written yeah. as well as Game of Thrones and better than like the last three seasons of Game of Thrones. It's yeah. unbelievable. The yeah. writing is so funny. At one point, um, my favorite thing, Hector says to Godbrand, the, the like crazy um, Viking vampire, Hector just says um, it, to get him to shut up, Godbrand, you've never met anything you didn't kill, fuck, or make a boat out of. Shut the fuck up. And it's like, it's fun. Fucking, this show's so funny. It's it's so human. It's great. But it's an anime, man. Come on. If it looks like anime and walks and talks like anime, right? Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And and I mean, I think that's why we chose it to begin with. We yeah. were just kind of like, this is really close. And okay, we so like, like it. it's based on a Japanese series, but it's not animated in Japan and it's written by Americans. Yeah. And it's to be so, like, can we say that it's an anime? I don't know here. So I guess the what the, the best argument is like if it looks like anime, walks, talks, squawks, and fucks like anime because there's a lot of fucking in this show. Um, yeah, there is this anime. But also now that we're in like a golden age of American animation, maybe we should be saying like no animated series don't have to be anime in order to like like an anime doesn't have to just be equivalent to like a serious adult animation you know what i mean maybe we yeah. should stand by like this isn't anime it's adult cartoon um but it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as anime but yeah like to say like this is a prestige american adult animation it just sounds like right. so i'm sorry is this like the ads on pornhub for like, right, Lisa like and bart simpson like it's right. like <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, anime is what it is to you you know as someone who who, who studied linguistics like languages ever evolving anime is what it is in your heart um that said as someone who gets ragged on sometimes i have like homies who listen to the show and people i haven't met before who are like your takes are bad you listen to the dub and normally i'm just like i like what i like let me live but the dubbers fucking win this time absolutely because the, the sub would be listening to it in japanese so congratulations game over this is an original english animation and um, oh my god, it's amazing! Like half the actors are from like Downton Abbey or Game of Thrones. Amazing, like prestige actors doing this shit. Um, and it's written uh pristinely and perfectly. <laughs> Love it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, it's not one of those shows that has those um, those sort of tropes within a lot of like shonen, particularly. Yeah. Where like like. Trevor Belmont comes up to the coffin and he opens up the coffin and then you find out oh it's a vampire and it's like ah. Surprise! I can't believe it. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like, the, the, and because a lot of these jokes are like linguistically complicated. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're very and 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 the subtlety too. The subtlety of like all of Alucard's little like jabs and jibs. Yeah, jisms are very. Like, <laughs> he has one. He has a jism that time. Spoilers. He does. <laughs> Spoilers, y'all, but Alucard jizz. <laughs> um, uh, season four is fucking confirmed. Oh, my season God. Season four confirmed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm and, so uh, pumped for it. Me, oh, my God. Yeah, especially because, like, Netflix has been, like, capping shows at season three again and right, again and again. Right. Pour one out to Santa Clarita Diet. Pour one out to, like, all these shows that, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to miss. But um, season four is coming because this show is, we didn't really touch on it, insanely popular. People love this show. It's a smash hit for them. 
Like absolutely, and it's one of those. It's just so out of the norm. It's yeah. not one of those things that like like when I watched, it, I was kind of like, oh, I just want to kill some time. And then I started, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing, amazing, uh, amazing. Uh, and, yeah. and it's something that I think. You know, you can always tell when something comes out and it's just, it is a a, a level above everything else around it. Yeah. And, and you sort of get this feeling of like, wow, I don't know if I deserve this right now. Like, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause I think so much of like media is like, it's conditioned us to like, like me, I, I'll speak for myself, like be on my phone while I'm watching something because it's yeah. sort of background noise. So I feel like I have someone else in the room with me. Right. I'm not alone. <laughs> um, but like <laughs> this is this is something that like it definitely demands attention. Yeah. Like you yeah. want to you don't want to miss anything in it because you're just like, like, wow, this, this is so rare. This is such a find. I feel like I've been shoveling through shit and found a pearl like just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's so good. So. Is it worth watching, Hal? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> worth watching. <laughs> There's like, I okay, so what's the worst part of this series? What's like, what's something you would change? Uh, something I would change. I, 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 I honestly can't think of anything that like stands out to me in regards to like changing something because like, I guess I just would have wanted seasons one and two to be longer, but like that wasn't a thing. They couldn't guarantee that they didn't have the time and it was a developing nightmare. So like that was it. Like I just wanted more dude. Me too. Yeah. Like, I, I, and that's in, that's nuts. Cause like I, <laughs> here I am like a, a, you know, a, 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 a hyper woke leftist with a degree in gender studies. <laughs> like, and it's like, I can't find a single goddamn thing that I'm like, whack, cancel Dracula. It's amazing. It's just, it's so good. Um, the, the tower scene, you know, oh when, my God. when Isaac climbs the oh tower. Oh my God. <laughs> I was literally, so I'm sitting at a bar. I'm sitting at like, um, like a little island bar yeah. in my kitchen at one point and I'm bougie. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there with like, that's right. He's so rich. He has an island in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like sitting there with, I had like a beer in one hand, like this craft IPA. And, um, I'm like eating crackers with hummus and I'm just like, I'm not even in it anymore. I'm like not even tasting it because I'm watching this show and I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God. I was like legitimately sweating a little bit aroused and just kind of like feeling so many things in my chest at one point that I kind of had to like at the end of the episode, I had to pause it. I had to like pause it before moving out to the next one because I had to sit there and I texted you immediately upon finishing the episode. And I remember having to sit there and be like, like, I felt like I just watched the red wedding. Yeah. You know, yeah, like that yeah. scene where you're just like, I, I need to sit and I need to absorb and I just need to appreciate everything that I just saw. And Are you I talking went, season three, episode nine? In yes. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. tower. And just yeah. like the scene that was like, there were so many just incredible, incredible scene work happening. And so, so such amazing direction within this, like the animation and the lines and just like, Fuck. <laughs> and I've, ne- I've never seen a battle or like a, a high concept assault like what the mage is doing in the, the, the tower. Yeah, you know I mean? it, was, like, it was so unique. And it was so just like you, like a lot of shows that you watch in anime yeah. where there's like an assault or something, you kind of get the feeling like, okay, I need to figure out how, like the character, the hero needs to figure out how to defeat this thing, this insurmountable, this insurmountable thing. And once he figures it out, it's going to be fine. But like, that wasn't this, that, that was not how this went. This was Isaac having to climb this tower 
against this thing that just continued to get more and more yeah. difficult every oh, dude, every dude. step he took. And, and like that happening while the Alucard thing was happening, while the church thing was happening, while the with church Trevor, thing was happening, while um the uh, like oh 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 while while the Hector thing was happening with Leora. Oh fuck, fuck. Oh, it was just like like, like I've never felt. <laughs> I've never <laughs> felt it. afraid. Say it. We got, oh my I've god! He afraid. got horny. He got I've horny. never felt afraid while having a boner. Oh my god! Oh. Anime perverts, we got him. We freaking got him on the team. It's like <laughs> this is. I shouldn't be feeling this, dude. They have literally this. half of the main cast climaxing as the episode itself was climaxing. Yes! And meanwhile, it's like the character culmination of so many things. Like th- this must sound insane to the people who are listening, but like. This should just be proof of like concept, like oh my god, this show's so good. Like it's one. This is one of the best episodes I've seen of any show ever. It goes toe to toe with freaking uh, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Sopranos. Like whatever prestige drama you want to name, this show matches it, if not Easy. exceeds it in some places. Like, Easy. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So um, this uh, other question you had: Who we dressing for is Halloween? <laughs> oh yeah you know we were kind of talking about it we were yeah. thinking about like both dressing up as isaac maybe but then we realized that we might get stoned and tarred and feathered in the town square no, you can dress up as isaac i can't <laughs> uh, but 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 i decided i think that out of um out of everyone in the show i think what i'm gonna dress up is as is the uh the demon in the church that is crucified oh. Oh, i think i'm gonna dress yo. up as that for halloween dude i would dress up as toilet paper priest Hey, toilet paper priest. Yeah, that dude was funny as hell. The guy who was doing the stuff to the demon. And and his eyes were just like the sides of ping pong balls. Like his his (laughs) corneas were just like half of his eye. Like just ridiculous. And I'm already there, baby. (laughs) (laughs) A question that's consistently asked in the show is something that like, God, it makes me really emotional even now. Is humanity worth salvaging? Because at this point you see the 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 church kind of ruling over everybody, absolute like disease and apathy and despair, and then the vampires basically not even being like worse than what their 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 day to day is, because at least they get to die. Right. <laughs> it's really dark. Um, and it's inspirational because you see like love blooming between Sypha and Trevor in a really like cute and like realistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of like, is humanity, humanity worth salvaging is a really tough question, right? Cause it's like nobody, nobody, even if everything goes right, really feels like they have a chance of seeing like any noticeable progress within their life. It, it is true. And it, and it makes me a little sad that um i guess not sad i mean there there is sort of like this this beauty within this this pain um the way that it is illustrated in the show um just because of its inherent truth yeah and and i think that to all of all of our our listeners that are that are tuning in today um definitely check it out i know that like now is kind of a hard time to be sad but uh if like if you really want a show that touches on sort of the deepest and darkest aspects of humanity and like what's inside of us while also watching like some kick-ass monster slaying uh action like you have to watch castlevania uh you really just got to put yourself out there and try it here's why it makes me optimistic here's why watching castlevania is actually an enriching experience for me 
because this took place in the real world, this is Wallachia in 1455. And the big theme is like, is humanity worth surviving? Right. Is it worth pushing through? And guess what, Hal? We're here. <laughs> we did. Right. You know, we did. Right. And we're here. And we we get to watch on these magnificent, you know, f- flat screens with, with more power in it than like the original moon landing shuttle in our, you know, warm houses, at least at least in the extremely privileged position that we're in, having stable housing, having technology available to us, watching amazing art with badass vampires and, you know, sexy sorcerers. And it... It fills me with a sense of gratitude that people push on. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. They pushed on and they believed without any, you know, real great hope of moving forward. It is Lisa. It's Sypha. It's that blind hope in the future that you can't see that may only just hypothetically exist. The the urge to ignore the, the death drive of despair that's eating away at you. And I, I think that this was a show I needed to talk about again, considering what's going on in the world right now. Because <laughs> we were just talking before, but like... Oh, it's fucking tough. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. And, and like, this is something that I know that when when Pax and I talk about, you know, how we are doing in our personal lives and, you know, how our journey has been as as artists and what, yeah. what form we want that to take, we, we also understand that a lot of you people, uh, a, lot, a lot of our friends and family that, that listen into us and really support us, um, we understand that you're going through similar struggles, uh, especially right now that that right now it, life is sort of unprecedented in its shittiness. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's clearly precedented, you know what I mean? But at least for some of us, sure, but, but like for in our experience, of, in my us, 23 yeah. years of living, yeah. um, it's, it's just not something I ever thought I would have experienced. And, and we recently, so to everyone who's been reaching out to us uh, personally yeah. on our Facebook page, Messenger, um, on our on Apple Podcasts with our ratings, um, we really want to thank you uh, for reaching out and making contact with us because it really does reaffirm that this world is, is bigger than what we have on Facebook. It is bigger than what we have um, in front of our faces right now that you are all listening to us and you feel something when you listen to to us just having fun together and please please continue to keep reaching means, out to us and talking to so us because because we love hearing so from you thank you our hotakus yeah <laughs> <laughs> or whatever offense oh, i guess you could just be brotakus too yeah i like to think that like everyone's a brotaku on the inside i i, I hope that i hope it's not a gender specific uh term but or 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 doujinshi's doujinshi's people don't re- doujinshi is like a almost like a a, a, a a hentai manga parody of a series. Let's do that. Doujin- let's make let's 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 change the name of the show. Actually, <laughs> doujinshi's that'll be like our Patreon exclusive like hentai right? <laughs> takedown. Yeah. Oh my god. Holy shit. Yeah. So so everyone that is listening in today, we you know Pax and I have really been talking about like the shitty situations that our lives have been in and just kind of like what our journey as artists have the, the strange left turn that our, <laughs> that path has taken for us. Yeah. And I think one thing that we, we like to talk about is the fact that we've been getting messages from people on Facebook, on messenger, on our Apple podcast page. Um, and we really just wanted to express our gratitude uh, to all of you that are listening in with us. Just, 
it means so much for us to hear from you, to know that, you know, there are people outside of our little houses that in this age of quarantining and isolation that, that we are still connected in some way. And by you reaching out, it really lets us know that we are doing the right thing. And that if this podcast, if this show means something to you, and if it makes your day better, even just by a little, please let us know because it truly does brighten our day. Uh, yeah. And, and so like, I think that's a really good note to just sort of end on with the fact that we really, really appreciate all of you. And, uh, we can't wait to see what you guys want us to do next. Uh, because we've got some really cool episodes in the works coming up in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I think that's a good place to end it on. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, feel free to rate us on Apple podcasts or on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, it really does matter to us and every review counts. So, all right. I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And, and we're, we're the Tacos. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. <laughs>